Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. What's up, Stevie Stacks? What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, yourself? Oh, man, freaking stressed out from trying to keep everything organized and Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, chaos going on. It's just a mess, dude. Oh, man, that's why you got to switch to Hostfully, bro. Then you ain't got to be dependent on the big OTAs. What's Hostfully? The guidebook people? Nah, nah. Not only do they have guidebooks, they also have a property management platform system that they now use. Uh, We use Hostfully. It takes care of all of our direct bookings. It manages all of our calendars all in one place. And we can even provide discount codes to our guests that book directly on our website. And it integrates with a Boostly's website as well, which provides our websites. Mm, I have a Boostly. I want I want to start getting some direct bookings. Oh man, that's why you got to get switched to Hostfully and set up that Boostly integration, get your website up, and it helps you with your Google AdWords. So then you're no longer being PIMP'd by Airbnb. <laughs> I like that, man. We keep it real. It sounds like Hostfully keeps it real too. Yes, sir. Hostfully. Use code DRIVE. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of live let thrive what is up micah man i'm chilling stevie stacks how you doing i'm doing pretty good over here at my office space at this uh over here in irving texas but we are coming at you from arlington and fort worth texas where we live right even though i'm in irving never mind i screwed it up already so we're this is episode 240 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world. Let's go, man. This episode, what, two, what episode did you say? 240. What you got on my 40? 240. We keep going. We're not, we ain't, we ain't stopped. I don't know why, but we're, yes, we're, I guess we're having fun with this. Yes, sir. We see people really love the me and you ep, so we got to start throwing a few more out there every now and then. So this, this is a me, you ep today? And we got our special guest... <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, we're doing some special effects here. <laughs> Federico has joined us. Yes, yeah, sir. Cheers. Salut. The other half of um, Argus Riddles. Yes, sir, man. So how's things been going on the Argus side? Oh, man, it's been fun. <laughs> where, to, where to get started? I mean... Uh, b- before starting, I, I was telling Micah that uh, I got this rush that I had to go to the doctor today because of the stress. So I think that sums it up. It's been a, a, a few... Hey, let, them, let them know what's on your side, man. You can't just tell people you got a rash. You know, they start... <laughs> no. <laughs> he has been living in Oak Lawn for a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not. You, you cannot catch it. It's not the monkeypox. No, it's not the monkeypox. <laughs> um... No, it's uh, it's a stress thing. I already got my meds. Um, but yeah, it's a stress. Basically, stress and it's my body telling me, "Hey, dude, you're stressed out because you're running between the units, trying to make sure everything is okay, and trying to to catch up with so many things, and trying to survive the Airbnb bus that we are doing it, uh, but uh, at a cost, a physical cost, mm. <laughs> basically." Um, but, you know, I was thinking the other day, like, uh, I was talking to a client that she, she you know, it, it is one of our largest clients. Um, we manage around 17 or 20 units for her. 
uh, and we we're talking about you know some of the units are not performing. I was telling her, listen, uh, this couple of months, um, it's just you know at the end of the month I had to send a an email to every client letting them know like okay that their profits and losses. Um, it is so stressful to know we're not meeting the numbers in some of the properties, and that we're doing the best and actually. You know, I'm looking at I, I, I'm looking at the market and I look at, at the comps. And I see that we're outperforming the market, so we're doing better than the properties around us, similar properties, and still it's not where we wish we we we, we were. So yeah, that's that's creating a, a stress on me. <laughs> Hold on, that you bring up a good point. So you're doing better than the market. And they're still not making money. So that means nobody's making money, basically. So yeah. what do you think the solution to all this is? This is a good conversation here. And by the way, can you like let the fans know where this... No, I don't even know if we want to know people the market, but actually, yeah, tell them the market yeah. so come, come here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so basically, the markets that, that we're struggling right now, uh, San Antonio, um, Austin, uh, Arlington, I'll say the other ones are struggling the most, and then um, yeah, some some areas in the, here in Dallas. Um, I mean, Forward is doing great for us. Uh, for example, Grand Prairie is doing pretty well, but Arlington, um, you know, we we have a house in Arlington. It's a three three one, and I was looking at the numbers uh, and the occupancy for the next month. It was a it was a on the weekends at 20, 24%. In Arlington? In Arlington for, for the weekends. You know what I just realized? Because you brought this up to me before, and you showed me the AirDNA about Arlington, and I even brought it up on the last show. I was like, but, you know, we're, we're right across the street in Grand Prairie, and we're kicking ass. I don't understand why Arlington is struggling. And then the, the graphs look the same to me. Anyways, I was just thinking about it. And so our the the lady we managed for, she's in that one mile bubble that you're allowed to do Airbnb out of houses in Arlington. So what our the city of Arlington created, they shoved all the Airbnbs into this one mile bubble. So they're all fighting for uh, bookings in this one mile space instead of like houses in Grand Prairie from south to north to middle to east to west. You can do Airbnb or short term rentals. Right. Mm -hmm. So. So there's different places you can be where people want to be. You know, some people need to be close to hospitals in Arlington. Some people need to go this, you know, be close to the stadiums, you know, whatever. Some people want to, you know, be close to their mid cities. Arlington is huge, but the only houses that can do it are right around the stadiums. And so it creates this uh, ultra saturation mm -hmm. in this one spot. So of course, everybody that has a house in Arlington is doing Airbnb is going to be struggling, right? And let me add to that that it, it, it is about... like go ahead. No, it, it, it is like creating like 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 a seasonality. You know, you know how how you have some markets that are seasonal, highly seasonal, and you you get people only in the summer or the winter, depending on, on the location. This one's something similar because if you think about it, someone that's gonna come and visit family and friends and stay for a week, coming for work, they don't need they don't have to be one mile from the stadium. Correct. So the people that really want to be at one minute from the stadium is the people coming from for for a game or a show or a concert. Arlington, so to be successful in North Arlington, you have to set it up. I see. I didn't remember my condo I had up there. Mm -hmm. I did pretty well, but I never catered it to games. I catered it to. 
I always told people, you're in the dead middle of the Metroplex. You're 20 minutes from Dallas. You're 20 minutes from Fort Worth. So someone who wants to come here and see Dow DFW, they'll stay there because they know, oh, I can get to Fort Worth. Oh, I can get to Dallas. I can see all of it. So I used to get a lot of people who are relocating to the area because they're like, I want to get acclimated to it. And they could find, now I can find which area I like. Another thing you did say, uh, which Steve touched on last time, you said unit type. You said it's a three bed, one bath that's struggling, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something that I've noticed with all my places where I have houses, three beds, one bath always struggle because you're all not only in competition with three bed, two bath, you're in competition with two bed, two bath apartments. So now you're in a real struggle because a person might book a two bed, two bath apartment because I get a second bathroom. Like my house in, I have a house that has a three bed, one and a half bath and a three bed, one bath in Arkansas. They do okay. The one that's a three bed, one and a half does great. Cause it's like, you can walk to the hospital. So people are like, hell yeah, I want that. But the one that's three bed, one, one bath, that's a little farther from the hospital doesn't do as well as my two that I have exactly one mile away from each that are three bed, two bath. So unit types huge as well. Unit type. I think Steve said it on his last, he said unit type location, and then just a good overall product. So yeah, you, you may want to consider that as well. Like whenever and listeners listen, listen to this as well, definitely consider the unit type on arbitrages because you are your different unit type. You're competing with a different crowd, a one bed, one bath. It ain't too much to compete with because you're probably just going to cater it to a nurse or a traveling professional. And it's usually you'll have competition, but it's not going to be competing like a two bed, two bath has can compete with a three bed, one bath or a three bed, one and a half. So you have to consider those things as well. That's, that's good stuff to know. Yeah. That's a good point because actually yesterday it was the first time that we got a, a guest asking like, Hey, we're a group of six. How are we going to do with the one bathroom? One bath? Yep. Uh, you should put an outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go look into it. Cause, cause and that's the funny thing is that's what I ran into. Because I'm like, if someone books a three bedroom, and I think Steve, you posted in the chat, people want three bedrooms. They're traveling as a family. That's that's yep. basically what it is. They're, they're traveling as a family. And if you don't don't have that extra bathroom, man. But my one that always stays booked, it's three beds, two and a half baths. Yeah, Never that's perfect. Worry about it. It's perfect. And, and, and you know, if you think about it, even even for the games, if you have six guys coming to a place, yeah, or six persons, six six day them whatever. Uh, <laughs> Three dudes, I ain't gonna lie. Guys will do a three bed, one bath. They don't give a damn. Hell, we piss yeah, that's true. they don't give a damn. But I'm a family, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, wifey gonna be complaining and you gotta. No, get- wait, I, I've been with my friends when we were younger, you know, a group of dudes in one, one a place with one bathroom where we were like fighting for who's taking that. <laughs> turns. Yeah. Then someone blows yeah. it up yeah. and everybody's Go face. use a bucket in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, so you. But, uh, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, unit type and location are huge, man. Like I think Steve touched on it last night. That that your location, it's huge, man. And then like, yeah, because imagine if y'all had a three bed, two bath by the stadium, couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get the bigger crowds. They're coming with families. You can set it up for kids to come. People want to. You can't miss. You know. Then, yeah, but, uh, but still, how many people you get? Um, like we had one like that. Yeah, we had what we had. We had a three two. Mm-hmm. We had a three two that, that actually the owner decided to to shut down, but that, that that was a different story. It was getting booked, but it was uh, an issue with the costs. And, and I talked about that property before in the podcast. It was a property that it was an arbitrage. Uh, this is a, this is an owner, direct owner, uh, the, the 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 three one, 
that the three two that we had, it was a person renting it to a company. So so it, it was a four layer um between the guests and us, right? You have the owner, you have the management company, and you have the people, the person renting it, and we're managing for that person. So the the the, the expenses at the beginning of the month they were just gigantic because of that. Because I, I, and as I as I said before, uh, in the past episode, I've been saying this for a while. If you're doing arbitrages right now and you want to get management, it's gonna be tough. That's what we're seeing with our clients right now, um, because it's a, there there are a lot of homeowners coming to the space that flooded the, the space with um, inventory, plus they have lower expenses, lower costs, so they can rent at a, at a lower rate. So I think. I'm going to have to go back to Sean on this one. I think arbitrage is a game that you have to. If you're going to arbitrage, you have to be willing to learn the business. Yeah. You know, if an owner, a owner can has not a new owner, an older owner, they have the opportunity to hire a property, a short terminal property management company because of their operating expenses. They may have lower operating expenses. Now, if you're buying something brand new and get a little finicky, if we ain't in a vacation rental market, but like arbitrage, I just think, you know, you got to kind of learn the business, man. You got to learn the ropes because, I mean, it's certain things that, you know, because it's 100% cash business, you know what I mean? So you got to be real careful because the people and the people who are really, really successful, they do it themselves like us. We all do it ourselves. And then, of course, we will manage for someone, but they have to be willing to understand, hey, you're going to have harder months than the dude who owns this, been owning this property for 20 years. It's just what it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so what would you do? If a client came to you, your manager for them, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not liking the numbers, whatever. And they say, hey, how about we do this? Um, I'll tell you all my expenses. And then if 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 at the end of the month I make some profit, instead of I know y'all are y'all whatever, y'all are um charging 20% right now. At the end of the month, if we make if we make profit, then I'll split the profit with you and give you 40%. Of course, if they don't make profit, we don't get shit. Mm, I just switched to a profit share. Ask them, hey, would you like to just, how about we just do a 50-50 profit share model? Yeah, but what if the property is not making a profit? I still have, exp yeah, that's the thing. When, when you have a management model, it is different to doing an arbitrage where you understand mm -hmm. that, you know, it fluctuates. I mean, we're already earned based on the occupancy and profit. We're ready to do that, but well, sometimes we, we are going to earn regardless of the owner making money because let me give you a few examples on that. This is, this will be after rent and cleanings, but it, the, we, we work with some people that they choose their cleaners and some of the cleaners are more expensive than we will, what we will get. I got a book for you guys to read because I already know where you guys are going with this. You guys got a pumpkin plan your business. Hmm. you got a pumpkin plant. Like if you, you can't just, don't just take a client because a client's willing to come to, to, to come, right. You got to set up standards for your business. And then anybody who doesn't fit that standard, let them go. Like, Hey bro. And that's something we were talking about a lot, Re man, read the book called pumpkin plant. It will, he will stress. He goes, he had a dude make more money by firing bad clients and only bringing in good ones. He made way more money because he brought in the people that fit into his system. 
Yep. It's just like we cater to people on Airbnb. You know, we cater to that certain guest and that certain guest is usually going to be the one that brings us the most money. Right. That's how you have to do your business. It's called pumpkin plan. You got a pumpkin planet. So if they want to bring in their own cleaners, like let them know straight up, Hey, this is our cleaning crew that we work with. Um, if you want your own cleaners, then sorry, we aren't the company for you. Uh, for example, I just had to do this. Me and Mahogany just had to do this. We were, we just went and met a seller who wants to sell his property. He wanted too much for it. We let them know, hey, here's our price. And if we can't meet at this price, we're not the buyers for you. you, you got It's the same way. Once you set those standards, you won't be going through the stress you're going through because everything's that baseline. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know, because we, we sometimes forget there's addition by subtraction. There is addition by subtraction. Yep. There is straight up. That is a real thing. You know, we sometimes try to hold on to stuff because we have a scarcity mindset, but a, we just have to have that abundance mindset. Yeah, I... The one that I manage, it is so easy because this guy, he inherited a property. He was like, bro, he said, then he told me, he goes, man, I already knew if something was to happen to this property, I'm just going to call you and I'll pass it off to you. He goes, I'll let you take care of everything. We furnished it. And at first it was a, it was an arbitrage model. We just arbitraged from him so he could keep it. And we turned it into a management model. Now we just take 20%. He gets the rest. He had no hands on problems, no issues. The only time he calls me, is actually to be helpful to the business. He'll be like, hey, man, do you think we should fence the yard? You know, I know they want dogs. I'm like, yeah, we should do that. So it's an easier model because he sees the vision of it and he understands what we're trying to do and it's better. That's for anybody who has a management company. I think, didn't Eric, what Jasper and them, they came on and kind of broke that down as well, like having the perfect client. Oh, yeah, no, and we're working on that. And we, we, we've been working about that. You know, there's also... As you grow your company, you we, we acquire clients that maybe it's not what we want right now. But and I'm, I'm not talking about this largest client that we want. I, I love her actually. She is it's great to work with her. But um to, to, to talking in general, like there's some clients that we have that I'll say today I wouldn't pick it up, but we already did and we already have a contract and and we're also working with them in a good way. Um so yeah, at some point we may have to decide it is time to drop these properties. I already put a barrier uh, and I was talking to Steve about that. It's like, we're not taking more units on the type of units that we know that, that bring, you know, more work and less profit. Mm -hmm. Um, So so it's it's kind of, you know, it's hard because you, you, you're you going you're gonna to turn down profit, possible profit. But yeah, we we're putting certain standards that we're gonna have, and we know what properties we don't want to manage anymore. We don't want more one bed, one bath in Lower Greenville, <laughs> uh, and the the, the blue is where we are at. And actually, we should take took a new client there, but that's because she has another two large houses, and it was a contact through our cleaners. I was like, okay, we take over this one, and she was like, let's do three month trial, and if I like it, you, you get to manage my other properties. Um, but we also have we want to request like you know have a ring camera have a smart lock uh, and that's something we've been doing for a while already but we still need to perfect that because nowadays we work like with five different locks systems so let's get everyone in one lock system let's get one everyone in one type of camera and stuff like that so it is part of the growing pains I'm in a point where I want to standardize everything. And that's actually what, what I've been talking with Steve. Uh, I mean, now that I'm here in the US, uh, for anyone that, that, that didn't hear the previous episodes, I was living in Argentina 
uh, I'm from Argentina. I just got into to to US in, in November, so I was doing everything remotely. But now that I'm going to the properties, I get to see with my ass what's going on, right? Uh, and I, it is a shock because I'm, I, I still was going to the properties, and he knew what was going on, and and you know I'm pinpointing and, and letting me know. But still, I'm more of the perfectionist, and by getting to the properties, you know from what it was on the messages and pictures and videos to actually see them, uh, it, it, it is a, a cold shower <laughs> uh, type of feeling like, damn, we need to work so much on this. And it, let, let, let me give you an example of something. I, I was pretty happy that this happened. You may remember a long time ago, Steve started his first two arbitrages in a building in Lower Greenville, right? With, mm -hmm. with Sarah, that deal in Bennett Avenue. That building was sold. The building, the building really went through, through deep shit. It was like like it, you'll go there and here, here's the thing. Here, here's the deal. There was there, there's an, an alleyway next to, to 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 the building where you get to 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 enter to to the parking. That alleyway was a mess. There are a lot of homeless people living there, and the gate was open all times. Uh, also, the front door to the building didn't have a lock. Basically, there was a there's a fence. And there's a log outside, but basically, if the gate is open, people can sneak in. And there, 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 there have been times where they found homeless people sleeping inside the building and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I said, okay, Steve, we need to do something. So I know they're having, they were having issues with vacancy and they were trying to get us to, to get more leases. And I said, okay, let's tell them, hey, let's meet at the building, show me your vacant units. But actually, what I wanted to, to to do is to point pinpoint like, hey, this is this is what's going on. We're not gonna pick. Actually, we're gonna drop all of our leases if you don't fix this, 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 and that. So <laughs> I, I met with the guy, and we got we get there and say, like, hey man, yeah, let, let, let's take a look at the, at the apartment. But let me show you a few things, right? I say, look at the gate; it's 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 not working. He checked the, you know, the, the gate opener, I don't know what it's called, but he left the, the plastic thing and there was a message like, it was a fuse. So because of a $4 fuse, we're losing bookings because people were complaining about a gate open for months. Uh, I showed him that it didn't have a lock on the, at the front of, of the building, um, door and how dirty it was inside and everything. I went in today, gate working, new lock, everything was clean. So man, they did they make 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 it happen, right? Mm -hmm. We're having no cancellations now over there. Nice. No cancellations. So the reality of this business is that you gotta be hands-on, right? Uh, uh and I, I think that's something important because I know a lot of people are jumping into the this space, listening to what a lot of gurus are saying. And we know who who who's true and who's cap, right? <laughs> but there's a lot <laughs> saying. A lot of people saying like, no, yeah, this is going to be passive. You, It's this simple, right? It's, and, I, and I said this before, this is like the new Bitcoin, the new Bitcoin yeah. where you put a lot of, uh, just a few bucks in Bitcoin and then you have thousands of dollars. People think it's like that. It's going to be passive. You just low barrier of entry because you should need to get a lease, right? With six months free in the rent too. Yeah, with six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people think that it's so easy. And, and I know a lot of people like to set up places. And, you know, a lot of people are doing a, a great job into setting spaces really nice. But then when it, when it comes to actually running the operations, it's a whole different story, yeah. especially when you, you start to scale. So we, we're running so many properties, right? Running so, so many properties, it's running a large hotel that is spread out 
not in a city, in the United States, different time zones. Today, one of my guys was saying, hey, guys, today we have 19 check-ins, actually 20, because we got a new booking. <laughs> my phone right now, look at this, is in silent mode. It's in focus mode, no, no, no notifications, because I know my team is running it fine. I don't need to be on top of right now. It's 6 p.m. People checking in, checking, checking in right now. Mm. But getting to this right. point is not easy. Yeah. And people need to understand that if you want to get in the space and you want to grow, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. So and it's not have, just doing passive. I have a question. What is your perfect unit? Like, what's a perfect unit you would want? Like, hey, let's just say for man. No, no, no. For, for just a short terminal, what's your perfect unit, least amount of headaches, most amount of profit? Okay, it's gotta be a place. So for me, if I if you, if I close my eyes and you tell me your perfect unit is the ones that we manage for Sarah, a shout out to the car walls. Um, so we have a uh, so some units over there in in downtown Fort Worth. So it's a building where we are allowed to do short term rentals, and we have direct contact with the manager of the building, so he knows and he helps out for any maintenance thing um easy to access it, that that place doesn't even have parking and it never been an issue right so booked i'll say occupancies in the 90 90% we're in this 90 90 90th percentile in the market so they're crushing it we rarely have issues so those properties for us in management bring more than some houses Okay. So make that your baseline of your entire business. Yeah. And that's what I've been, yeah. that's what we've been ta talking about. It's like, how do we get more of that type of property? Yeah. Even if it's a house or, 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 or an apartment, you want places where things run smoothly. I well, mean, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen, right? Well, I drop those away. units in Houston. They don't fit the baseline. If they don't fit the baseline, cut them. Yeah. Um, I just cut. Yeah, I cut five in Houston. Um, these one in Dallas, they're doing pretty good. But at the same time, I'm really finding my baseline is just to own them. And then the next time I want to get into multifamily is, I think we just talked about this on the last episode, is to get into boutique, boutique hotels. I missed an eight-unit boutique hotel play that I wish I wouldn't have passed up. Cheap as shit, too. I, I passed it up on it, man. I missed it. But 200K. Uh, so what I'm going to do is baseline it i'm like i want houses three bed two bath garage tesla charger and then once you baseline your business you now have a brand so it mm -hmm. all plays out you know and then like now most of the time when i get a lot of reservations now like in arkansas most of them for people call from people calling from people going to our website and from people just coming to us directly because that's the brand in that city i don't have that brand in texas yet but i don't want to want to build that brand so once your business has a brand, once you baseline it, build a brand, it's really easy to get direct bookings as well because they know what they're going to get. Yeah. You know you know what you felt to mention is um, how beautiful the design was that oh, Sarah yeah. made. And yeah. that makes a huge difference. She was doing unique stays before it even became like a thing that pushed you to the top, to the first page, first, you know. So she's been doing it for a while. The problem is, I mean, she did some great ones for us. And people, <laughs> it's funny, sometimes people will be like, I'll send them a few. They're like, they'll, they'll always pick out a Sarah one. You know, if I send a travel nurse four or five units and I'm like, e, you know, I have a unit over here in a better area, better, you know, whatever. 
but they always pick out the Sarah units, you know, the ones she designed. She designed it. She she was so freaking cheap back then, like a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks. Just to set up your whole place and design it all beautiful and all that. I remember we had a, we had a designer on our show. Remember, and we hooked her up with Sarah. It was oh, you're a designer too. This came she came on way after Sarah, mm-hmm. but she she Sarah called me. And she's like, dude, that lady you sent me, she went nuts on me. She's like, you should be charging ten thousand dollars for your for designing <laughs> and setting up a place, a one bedroom. And she's like, I just yeah, I never thought of charging that much, you know. And so you can't really find a Sarah anymore that's going to do it for so cheap, you know. And but it it just makes such a huge. If you know you could be out of place for a few years at least, then as yeah, spend the ten thousand and get someone in there that can do it right. If you own it, I'd say go ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand. If you really want to, you really want to get a bit the biggest bang for your buck. It's well, I'll say forty, depending on your market. Also spend what's for the market, you know what I'm saying? What the market's going to bring. But yeah, I would go for that high end. Cause like once I get into that boutique hotel space, yeah, we're going high end. Oh, right, let man. me tell you something. Um, something I noticed is that even with design, you're going to have different, you're, you're going to have guests that treat your place differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we noticed that. Uh, so, so it was a funny story when, when, it, when we landed here in the U S with my wife uh, in November, um, we're supposed to close on a house uh the 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 day before uh thanksgiving right um which is where we're living now but it got delayed so we had to wait, wait until after thanksgiving so it was like five days and we had nowhere to 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 sleep it was my wife and i or two dogs when it was a puppy a puppy and the cat so we spent the first night at steve's house but you know we, we didn't want to, to pull a steel like the five of us and we had uh, this uh, apartment in forward that we're gonna we were gonna sign the lease. And when he texted like, "Hey, can we get a, an early start?" Went there, um, uh, and we we set up the place uh, ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife did an ama- did, did an amazing job in to setting it setting it up like uh, really cheap in terms of costs. But looking really nice and, and stylish and minimalist, and she's really good at design. Every guest that we had there took so much care of the place, left it in so good conditions. Because when you have a place that 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 that, that already invites you to to you know to be in a to be clean uh, uh, and again to be a place that looks nice, like people take more, more take more care. If it's a place that is not designed like that and it's just you know a lot of furniture throw in, a lot of bunch of things, like people don't take care of that. Uh, I, I don't know how to, to 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 express that very very detailed, but 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 I noticed that the more and the 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 better design the place, the better care your customers are gonna take up your place. Yeah, it's because your uh, price goes up, and therefore you have a different guest. So that goes not not, not, not only the price. To be honest, I mean, uh, you know, in the beginning we were pressing it low just because some bookings were running in, and still people were taking care of that place. But today, yeah, before coming here, I was in one of the Facebook groups and I saw someone put in, "Hey, I haven't had a booking in the last thirty days," mm. and uh, and I opened the listing, and it was like one of our units, uh, buildings, uh, the the like we call it the ghetto units, um, gentrified. Yeah, gentrified. <laughs> Man, and she called it a luxury Airbnb. Luxury Airbnb, and the queen bed was thick to the to to the side of the wall. So basically, only once, like like you know what I mean. It was like the, the bed was shoved to the side of the shoved wall. To, shoved to the wall. So basically, one side just to get into into the bed, 
<laughs> Other side's against the wall. Yeah. And that naming convention goes into it too. Better chat GPT a proper name. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. But if you call it luxury and you treat it like a luxury when you know it's not a luxury, you need you need to know your 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 um guest avatar. Yeah, so yeah. what we're doing what, what we're doing right now is we you know if we get any booking for anyone older than 30 years old, 35 years old, we're gonna reach out and say, hey, listen, just to let you know, this is an area where it's a bunch of Airbnbs, it gets crowded on the weekends. We have all the options if you want to check as well. Uh but you know, grown-ups are no for us in those in those buildings. What is up, live let thrive fam? Here's some more Stevie Stacks talking about mother loving hostfully, the only PMP you'll ever need for your growing short-term rental business. What's a PMP, you ask? Well, it's your property management platform, of course, the thing that runs all your things. And Hostfully's PMP plugs in all your listings across all your different platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, and more, and puts it all into one convenient spot where you can update, edit, change, improve, any of your properties instantly with just a couple of clicks. It's insanity. So in other words, it takes this clump of chaotic mess you created while building your short-term rental business and it cleans it all up for you nice and pretty like, puts a bow on it, makes it run efficiently, saving you hours and hours of your own precious time so you can go do what you do best, grow your damn business or build a kayak or jump into a cold river naked. I don't know what's your thing and I really don't care. But Osfully cares, and they're here for it, and you. But seriously, my short-term rental management company has grown to over 70 properties in eight different cities across three different states, and I sure as hell couldn't have done it without the help of Hostfully. For reals, I've been using them for a minute. A minute in the urban dictionary sense, meaning a long, long time. Now, y'all, you know we keep it real on Live, Let, Thrive, and Hostfully keeps it real as well. And they keep that PMP hand strong, because PMPing ain't easy. Please show a little love to LLT and use code THRIVE for $100 off Hostfully's property management platform plus two free months of their industry-leading guidebooks. That's a great deal, guys. Hostfully! Yeah. You know what? what's uh, speaking of? Because you mentioned it, right? Like, like uh, the title is important, of course. And there's other aspects that are important, too. And and a buddy of mine at work, and and I've told you, like, a lot of people would come up to me for so long, especially when Airbnb was the hottest thing on the planet, right? Is oh, everybody wants to just get an arbitrage and you know make a thousand bucks a month doing nothing. And uh, so the only person at my whole work is my buddy Shannon, and he he bought the house. I told you in Shreveport. Remember, I told you he bought a house in Shreveport, and I mean, even at the height of the market, he bought it at 180 grand. Nice fucking house, man. And and so I mean, it's I mean it's a three two. Huh? That's high in Shreveport. <laughs> but it's a, it was a really nice neighborhood. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy crap, over here, that thing would be like 300K. But anyways, um, so he got a good deal on it, and he put some work into it, man. I mean, he painted the fireplace black, and I mean, it, it had this white brick, but he painted it black. It looked so fucking cool. And then he he did some other things. I mean, he he put him and his wife put a lot of work and, and love into that house. This is their first rental property, right? So they put a lot of effort, a lot of a lot of work, a lot of love, design. I mean, put some nice furniture in there. And they even poured concrete, fresh concrete in the backyard to make a patio, right? And he had this beautiful patio, table, chairs. It has this overhang, you know, shade. I mean, really, really nice. And so 
I saw him. I saw him a couple of days ago at work. I passed by him. I said, like, "Hey, you doing?" He goes, "Oh man, you know, just just trying to get my get people to book my house. I hadn't had any bookings on Airbnb for a while. He gets VRBO bookings, but he doesn't. He hadn't got any Airbnb ones. I was like, well, you know, just VRBO is actually I like him better, but you know, whatever. And, and so he just I, I said, well, let me see your let me see your listing, and he showed it to me, right? And he had his first picture was the living room living room photo. Everybody puts a living room photo. His next one was a bedroom, and next one was a bedroom, next one was a bathroom, whatever. All the way at the very end, he had the very end of these photos, he started putting the outside pictures, which is this badass fucking patio. I mean, beautiful fucking patio. It has a barbecue, nice barbecue grill. It has a really nice patio furniture. And like I said, that that like thousand dollar overhang shade and all that stuff, and freshly poured concrete. It just looked so amazing. I was like, dude, this is a beautiful picture of a beautiful patio. Um, I mean, he goes, he goes, yeah, well, it's in the pictures. I was like, you want this front and center, man. You want to put this in the front, your first, I'd put it on my first picture, but you could put it, you know, in your first five, you know, people could see it. And, and, um, cause he said, well, you know, you, you think it'll make a difference. I was like, well, to me, if you're scrolling Airbnb or whatever, I, if I'm going on vacation and I see that patio, I'm gonna click on it. He goes, it's about clicks, about getting people to click on your property. Cause I, oh. It's it's telling me I'm going on vacation for a little bit. I want it's painting a story for me, right? It's like, man, I could sit out there and chill with the beverage and have some throw some meat on the grill, got the shade over it. It's just a nice, oh, it just paints a a nice uh vacation, you know, uh, yeah. uh picture for me. Airbnb and it does it for you now at this point. He should have just done the Airbnb. Um they take your highest rated picture and they'll put it up first for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's well, right. His his yeah. wasn't his. I guess he didn't let him do it. Anyways, um, so the next day, you know, I, I was you know I always take Fridays off. I told you right. So so today I got a message. He's like, dude. He goes, I I took your advice. I put that as my first photo, and I got a booking like right away for like a seven day booking. And the guy's like, man, I you know that patio's beautiful. He said exactly the shit I I was saying. He's like, the patio's beautiful. I can't wait to grill some meat on there. You know, hang out with my family on there. And he's like, dude, you were right. I was like, well, I know a little, I know a couple things. I've been doing this for seven years, whatever. <laughs> Question but, for you. Why are we not managing that the property? Uh, he, <laughs> no, he asks me a millions of questions. And and I said, I told him, if you ever need us management, of course, we'll help. But he wants to learn it all himself. I mean, right. he's totally obsessed with Airbnb now. He he watches every YouTube person out there, gurus, and listens to Airbnb podcasts. He's balls deep in this stuff, right? Whereas that's how we were when we first started. And we're still obsessed with it because we're <laughs> in it, right? But most people get obsessed for a little bit and then they never do anything about it. And then they just stop, you know, stop yeah. even listening to everything. But I don't know. I just, I, yeah, it makes a difference. The order of your pictures makes a big difference. If you have something fucking amazing at your house, show that. There's a billion living room photos and that everybody puts front and center. Uh, and that brings a great point because I think that a lot of people... You know, they're very biased because they, how many people that are doing Airbnb actually go and search for Airbnbs in the area, right? Or actually browse Airbnbs ever. Um, I think people when the list of property, they think every person that comes across a property, they're going to go through the listing, look at every picture, look at the house rules and read the description. So from a thousand people that come across your listing in a search result, I'll say, Maybe 10 are going to click on them. And then how many are actually going to go and read through your listing? I know how I know this. 
something I do is we put a secret word in a list in the description at the bottom. You know, you have your, your list in the description and then uh, other things to know. And you, you have different categories. So in, in the other things to know that at the bottom, after a long description, we put like, if you mention the secret word, we're going to give you a discount of $10 on the first night. You know how many people mention it? Like, there's a bunch, but not every people booking are going to mention that. So we can tell that a lot of people are not reading the description. They should look at the pictures. They like the price on the book. Yeah, that's what basically Airbnb is. It's selling pictures. That's why, funny thing is, that's why I tell people to build a brand because if you're just selling pictures, you can always find a picture better than yours, a picture worse than yours. But if you have a brand targeted to a customer, I think it speaks a lot more volume. Because that's basically what Airbnb is. You're selling a picture. Yeah. Selling an experience. Uh, you know, imagination. That's what it is. That's yeah. what I always said. And like, like I always look for swimming pools first because I'm going to be on vacation. I want, I want a swimming pool. Hot tub's nice too, you know. But it's just, yeah, if you got something unique, put it front and center. And and, and we had mentioned it on the show. And Fed has been experimenting in, deep, in Oakland with... um. <laughs> Sorry, I got on a tangent. Um, he's been experimenting with taking the cleaning fees off, right? Mm -hmm. And and so, but not all the listings uh, had it in the title, no cleaning fee, right? So that's important too. If you're going to do something like that, be sure to put it in the title, you know, no cleaning fee. Because, no. yeah, everybody hates cleaning fees, right? That's the, that's the number one gripe. Uh, that's why I'm, that's why Airbnb wants to reward people for, for taking off the cleaning fee. And it... And that's all. And when we when Fed first got here, we picked up um, uh, what's it called a, a T-Mobile uh, hot uh, air T-Mobile uh, Wi-Fi for the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We went and picked one up because one of the places didn't have Wi-Fi yet. And um, so this young kid was there and he just just you know chit chatting. He's like, and and it came because he was asking us, oh, you have different accounts. So yeah, we we have a bunch of Airbnbs. Oh, y'all do Airbnb? That's so cool. That's all I stay at. You know, it was a young dude. And he's like, that's all I stay at is Airbnbs. And he goes, but he goes, why y'all charge? Why y'all charge for uh, so much for a damn cleaning fee, man? <laughs> that was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I said, we don't, it's not us. You know, we got to pay our cleaners, man. It's <laughs> See, that goes back to Target Avatar. Yep. My bigger properties where there's a cleaning fee, they'll pay it. But the young dude ain't booking it, which he ain't my Target Avatar in those properties anyway. So with the whole non-cleaning fee thing, I think if y'all haven't seen Mark Simpson, he just dropped a really good reel on that. And I, I agree with him. You know, like they're really catering to this no cleaning fee thing, but they'll allow a guest to call in and rant about the place not being clean and then get a full refund. Mm, yeah. Well, well, hold on he, now. He, he, this he, is my thing thing. On that. If you're going to rant and promote the no cleaning fee, right? Should you be providing a clean place? because <laughs> no. back in the day if, if they would complain about the cleaning fee what would you do i'm just gonna refund you the cleaning fee what are you gonna refund now okay here, 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 here's the other side uh, and i do get it I, I do understand part of that because there are two things a lot of people use a cleaning fee for charging for other stuff and they're charging like stupid cleaning fees uh that's something we've seen but there's another thing which is you're charging a cleaning fee, but you're asking your guests to fucking clean the entire place before leaving. 
And that's where the whole fuss is. If you go, I'm on Twitter a lot of hours. <laughs> Not a lot of hours, but I spend a lot of time in Twitter. Uh, and I, every time I see something about that, it's just people complain like, hey, I booked this place. I'm on vacation. I don't want to fucking have to clean the entire place before I leave. And they've been treating treating you with uh, fees and extra charges and stuff like that not just, for not just take I don't know that's taking the trash out problem then okay if they're if the guest is getting hit with cleaning fees and then being told to clean up then leave them a bad review tell the people hey man this host had me up here washing dishes and scrubbing toilets after I checked out no if- I know I know that but it's, it's just think all the experience of the guest right so exactly. people that you're hosting is like maybe I I I know I was reading something pretty interesting the other day. It's like I I don't remember if I if I heard someone explain that. I think it was Tron actually talking about this. But if you think about it here in the U.S., like how much people have a, a vacation time on average? Two weeks. On Two average. weeks. Okay. Would you agree it's not a long time compared to other countries? Well, I don't know other countries, but okay. if... no, normally in Europe you get a month at least. Okay. So at least you get four weeks. So people want to make the most out of their two weeks of vacation, right? Or, mm-hmm. or the holiday weekend. And they want things to go perfect and they want, they want to, to relax. So even if they can, they have the option to leave a bad review, their vacation may be, may be ruined because the host was an asshole. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking more on the, on the, on, on the experience standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have my two weeks of vacation every, every year. I want to spend it, spend it on an Airbnb. I want to go to a luxury property. I booked the place, spent a couple thousand of dollars, a hundred, a couple of hundred dollars. And then they tell me I need to clean all of this. Even if they have the option to leave a better review, the experience is still ruined. A property that's charging you a couple thousand, like a big property like that, I doubt they're charging a cleaning fee. Oh, yeah, they are. No, look, no, 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 no. I'm saying I doubt they're charging you a cleaning fee and telling you to clean. Because also we have to now look at Target Avatar. Who the hell's sitting up typing up, hey, I had to clean up in th- this Airbnb with a cleaning fee on it? Probably a half-ass host anyway, a, a guest who's staying at a half-ass host place anyway, right? Mm. So I don't think so. And that, that's the part. I, I, you know, there are people that, there are operators that have only one large, beautiful house in a vacation rental. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. I mean, it is happening. It's the worst get- host, though. The yeah. host with one unit who tries to tell everybody how to do stuff. Like, dude, we have a 50-unit portfolio. You're with one and telling people how to do stuff because their mind isn't on business, right? Right. But how? And that opens a really interesting conversation. What percentage of hosts are single operator, single property operators? Most of them are. Right. So the, the, that's the average of the market. So yeah. we are professional hosts. We are offering a professional service. Uh, we're focused on the guest experience, but we're dealing with people that they don't know what they're doing. And again, they're telling the, 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 the guests to, to, to mop the floor before leaving. <laughs> and that's what, that, that's what creating the bad you know, PR that's hitting us. And the funny thing is, as many times as I've stayed in Airbnb, well, I guess I read the rules. The average person does it. We just <laughs> talked about that, right? I've never stayed at a place that told me to clean up. Like, I don't, I don't tell people to clean up, but at the same time, if you are charging a cleaning fee, you shouldn't be telling people to clean up. But if you aren't charging one, I don't think the guests should be expecting a clean place. <laughs> Seriously. Like what hotel well, does charge a cleaning it, fee? Every hotel charges a cleaning fee baked into the price. But if I'm not charging a cleaning fee at all, 
Are you really? No, but 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 that but that's the point with Airbnb. They don't they don't want to have it. Here's the thing. I think Airbnb is part of the growing a company. It's like when they got started, they were charging a, a clean fee because yeah, it's a simple thing, and they realized, hey, we should have never let people charge a clean fee. I think Airbnb is realizing of that. But it's just that it was too complicated for the pricing structure as a single operator and the original idea of an Airbnb not, not to charge a clean fee. But yeah. when you get to this point, it's like, because, I mean, when we're saying we're not charging a clean fee, we're charging the clean cost. Mm -hmm. We're just not charging as a clean fee. We're charging in, 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 in the clean, uh, on that rate. See. So, which is complicated to do because you need to play around with the pricing rules and all the, the, the shit. So you, you actually can get the money. I agree. It is complicated. My thing is, in a few months, because you know guests on Airbnb, man, they always get smart about shit. When all these people with no cleaning fees and these guests start complaining about the place not being clean, and, you know, back in the day, you'd be like, oh, damn, send me some pictures. You verify the pictures with the cleaner. And you're like, okay, I can send the cleaner out or I can, you know, give you a cleaning fee refund. Do you think it's going to start hitting people in the pockets if – well, I can send my cleaner out. They're like, no, nah, I don't want the cleaner, cleaner out. I want a refund. Yeah. Well, you start uh, refunding that accommodation cost, it starts to add up. But Airbnb is already, I mean, Airbnb is already refunding whatever they want. Exactly. So they're already doing that. So I, I, I don't think it's going to change a lot in that sense. Because you could refund the cleaning fee in response. And usually Airbnb like, well, he gave you the cleaning fee back. That's always worked for me. If it was just a place that I know wasn't clean and they sold me pictures, they would usually just take the cleaning fee and go. Okay. But now it was hefty though. Go ahead. But what if this is gonna be something that's gonna hold guests accountable, hosts account accountable to have their places clean? That's gonna raise the bar. Taking off the cleaning fee? I'm not sure. No, the fact about getting people, you know, being states being refunded because they're not clean. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just gonna. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna stay in a place, and it's not clean, I want a fucking refund. <laughs> I've been to one of my place. I've been to some of my, my places, and I opened the door to 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 quality check my cleaners. I was like, I'll you get a refund know. right away. Steve actually made a good point. If you were to put no cleaning fee in the title, and they show up and the place wasn't clean, you could be like, well, you read the title. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but no cleaning period. Oh, okay. fee. But let, 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 let's. I want I, I want to drive. I want this to to drive everyone to be better operators. Yeah. You know that that's what I wish this will take us to. I don't know if that's what's gonna happen, but but I mean, I do see that this making sense on a PR standpoint. If I'm if I'm playing, you know. Uh, the devil's uh, advocate or Airbnb yeah. advocate. I do understand what they want people not because if you go to again to social media, you're gonna see that every time that this, you know, it happens once a month. There's this asshole um, influencer type of thing saying, "I'm here at this Airbnb, and my host told me that I need to uh, do the lawn, you know, <laughs> and they I'm charge me, and they charge me." The cleaning fee. In a hotel. I'm gonna go to a hotel right now with my okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's a video that I see every every, every I mean, three weeks or so. Funny thing is, well and good told us this was coming. Jonathan Wicks with Well and Good told us like a year ago this was gonna happen. He goes, 
Airbnb wants to get rid of the cleaning fee. Remember? And a lot of people were like, no, they don't. And he was like, I'm telling you, they want to get rid of the cleaning fee. And now here we are. It has happened, you know? So me personally, what I am going to do, since I, I have been running at no cleaning fee, I've been running the no cleaning fee using Sean's method, upping the prices really high, giving day, uh, rule set discounts, listing discounts. But what I am doing is I'm just using this time to just, I use everything to just not be dependent upon Airbnb because it's just like, there's no way I can build my brand around that. I mean, you know, I just don't want to be do that. And that's why I want to go for the house. That's why I was asking about the perfect unit. What unit's perfect? On my houses, I'm noticing they don't mind paying a cleaning fee. I'm like, that's my perfect unit. Mm -hmm. And I can get the target clientele that I want. But I understand the no cleaning fee. I, I understood it from jump, you know. Yeah. Uh, on that note, man, it's funny because I was at work, you know, talking to my buddy Shannon, right? Uh, he's a big he's a big brother. And and, um, and I mentioned that because he was asking me ideas and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, the algorithms changed. And he goes, for example, they they want you to to not not charge a cleaning fee anymore. And he's like, and he's real loud. He's like, fuck that. He's like, he said it real loud. He's like, he's like, I ain't giving fucking you know not charging them a cleaning fee. I have to pay 140 bucks to for someone to clean my. I was like, chill out. No, 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 check it out. You just gotta raise your prices and absorb it. If you're gonna do it, you can still charge. That's fine. With a house, it might not matter as much because there's not many as many houses compared to one bedroom, one bath condos, whatever. But but still, it, it, he just he he hated the idea right off the jump, and that's and that's what a lot of resistance, like you said, a lot of single owner Airbnbs or single you know only have one unit. That's what Airbnb is coming up against. People like that. Fuck that. I'm not I'm not gonna give them a free cleaning and all but, this. But you know, again, if you look on on the guest side. Uh, I I I I'm, I I guess that the cart abandonment for properties with high cleaning fees should must be huge. Yeah. And let me give you an example. I was telling Steve uh, before we started the podcast. I'm trying to get tickets for the Formula One in Austin in October, right? Big fun. And the resale, they're like for for Sunday for 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 for, for the race, they're like four hundred fifty dollars each. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was going through through the purchase process. And when you when they add up their service and e ticket delivery and all the, the crap, it, it came up to a thousand dollars for both. So it was something. So it was less than actually it was three fifty each. So it was adding like two hundred fifty in, in fees. I didn't I didn't buy it. Mm -hmm. if, we, if it was only like the price that they showed me at the beginning, I would buy it right away. But when I see like a two hundred dollar fee. Added up on top of that, it's like no, this isn't no. I'm, I'm just, just seeing that that goes to another point. Uh, that cleaning fee is a very small portion of what's all being charged there, because uh, most sophisticated guests know the what's the biggest fee if you're paying on Airbnb. Airbnb fees. They're paying twelve percent, three percent, twelve percent. That's big as hell. Matter of fact, no, it's fifteen, right? Because they're paying. They're three percent. No, 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 they pay third, twelve, twelve to fifteen, depending on the market. And if you, let's let's just now let's go to the market. Let's say Airbnb is taking out taxes. Who's paying that? Yeah. Yes. So I mean, it's relative. It's relative to the ninety rate as well. It's relative to the ninety rate. It's not the same paying a hundred dollars for clean on a place where it's three hundred dollars a night. To pay sixty dollars on cleaning fee, where you're charging fifty nine dollars a night. Mm 
Correct. So this is another thing I would suggest. Remove your cleaning fee, brand all your photos, start seeing how many direct people start coming to you. Because they left their fee there. They can look at the fee. And if their fee is, if your cleaning fee is lower or the same price as the whole service fee, which I played with, I was like, hmm, let me test that out. Been getting a lot more direct bookings. So people don't, it's just like you just said about Formula One. People don't like hidden costs. That's just simply what it is. If the shit, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you a funny story one time. Long time ago. Me and my friend, me and my buddy, he had moved to Houston, right? And I had just moved to Dallas. I'd probably been living here one or two years. And I went down to his place. We went to the strip club. Long <laughs> <laughs> time Great story already. Great story. I already loving it. But this is the thing about hidden costs, right? So we go to the strip club. He lives like on this block. And you can walk behind his alleyway of his apartments and it leads straight to the strip club. Oh. By the way, this is a strip club James Harden was known at. He had his own section over there, his jersey up and all, everything. So ah. we, get, we get in this place. And like my friend, my buddy, my boy, he was just, he had on glasses that night, right? So um, we, we walk in, we get inside. And like these girls, they looked at him. And I, th- I think they kind of took him for a sucker or a chump, right? So they grab him, right? I'm like, oh shit, man, lucky night. <laughs> so I go sit in the corner, I'm waiting for him. And like 20, 30 minutes later, he comes to me running, he's out of breath. I'm like, damn, man, what happened? And I'm like, man. And like he's like this music loud, and he's pumping. He's like, "Yo, bro!" And he finally whispers my. He's like, "Yo, bro, we gotta get the fuck out of here." I'm like, "For what?" He goes, "I just had to tackle one of these strippers to get my glasses because they they told me because they were over there giving him a private lap dance." He goes, "They tried to charge me eight hundred dollars." Oh my oh. god! <laughs> they didn't discuss any of this with him, right? They just come and grab him, take him. So he like we, I'm like, "Oh shit, man!" So I'm like, "Yo, let's get out of here." So. He had tackled one of them, got his glasses back, and we got the hell out of there, bro. <laughs> but the point is, nobody likes hidden costs. So <laughs> be straight up with your costs, and you have a happier customer. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand the no clean fee, but yeah, that's my story for the night. Long time oh, when I was young, man. <laughs> hidden costs, man. There wasn't even a price on the damn menu. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, man. Was... Is that a Harvard case study? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I understand where they're going. Um, it's been nah, yeah, for yeah. us. Um, honestly, what I've been doing, I've been doing the no cleaning fee method, and then like whenever I start having like whenever I start seeing like huge vacancies come up, another thing Airbnb is promoting really hard is their promotions. I'll promote Sunday through Thursday, but on those promotion days. If you stay seven or more days, I'll give you even bigger discount. So then they'll book the whole week or something like that. And I've been doing that and that works really well, really great as well. Those 20% promotions will get you booked instantly, but you have to price really, really high. With, with the no clean fee, we, we can get in a ton of bookings. Like we've been booked up, but our, our, our revenue has dropped because it is at a lower fee, uh, a lower nightly rate, regardless of the clean fee. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I came to a point where I I I prefer sitting a night if if a clean cost is sixty bucks, I prefer having the night booked at eighty than not having it booked at all, eighty total, mm-hmm. just because that's gonna show B and B that our place is getting booked consistently and we're an interesting listing and it's gonna show higher yeah. in the in the ranking. The other thing we've been trying, 
it's funny, right? Because when you go start to Airbnb, everyone tells you, oh, it's your first listing. Don't use the Airbnb smart pricing because it's too cheap and blah, 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 blah. But Airbnb, and this is something that Sean explains, like Airbnb is going to give give you more exposure if you use their smart pricing because they consider that that's the, the uh, price point for your property. So that means that you are pricing the exact rate, even though it may be too cheap for your property. But if you're having no bookings at all, if you have an empty calendar coming up, open the, 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 the smart pricing for a little while, get bookings, then shut it down. Even if you want to close the 40 out dates, or you can actually go to a calendar and click and select the further out dates and deactivate smart pricing. I just activated it for the next 30, 60, 60 days, but start getting bookings. Yeah. Because then you're going to come to the end of the month and say, Hey, I didn't get a, a place. And you don't, you know, you know, it's fine to accept that your place may not be worth what you think it's worth. <laughs> I, I think that's a lot of, uh, uh, something that a lot of people don't realize. It's like, yeah, you think you or you expect or you price your place because of what your expenses are and how much effort and money you put into a place. But actually, if you look at your competition, your place is not worth that much. Mm. It's yeah. a hard truth, but you need to realize that. That's a fact. That's a fact. Because revamping yeah. your units, that's huge. Like right now, I'm revamping a unit that I need to pull some carpet out of. So take every chance you can get, guys. Revamp your units. Paint yeah. a wall. I don't care if you paint a wall. I've seen this badass Erica Badu themed unit in Dallas. That thing is killing it. I actually want to get that girl on the show because whoever painted that badass Erica Badu themed unit in Dallas, that was perfect. It's themed. It's an experience. Erica Badu's from Dallas. So people will come just to see that. Um, so yeah, do something different, man. It's, it's, I know Sean's having a lot of unit with good, good luck with the pink units. Um, uh, my boy out in Atlanta, he does the themed units, like pink unit, all blue, everything green. He'll put it, everything. So it stands out. So yeah, do stuff that stands out, but especially if you're in like the apartment space, because you do have to, you, you have to stand out if you're in apartments, man. It's just, it's too much damn competition out there. So yeah, you definitely got to do stuff to stand out and yeah, find a way to, you know, Absorb the cleaning fee into your reservation costs. That's been working for me as well. Yeah. Just a matter of time, I think, until a lot of the people that have been jumping to space lately are going to start dropping out. They are. I, they are. I, I, I see that happening a lot. I mean, even, even some of our clients are reaching out saying, hey, listen, I'm thinking on turning this into a long-term rental. I just want to you know, get rid of the property. And you know what? It's fine. Because if you're not making profit. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, and and I, 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 I feel sorry about that because we. And again, as I said at the beginning, we're outperforming the market. If we're outperforming yeah. the market, and that's still not giving you the results that you want. I have a question. So, any of those place people that say they want to turn them into a long-term rental, uh, see if they want to sell. Send them to Share Airbnb if they want to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they want to sell, I mean, hey, if it ain't making no money, and... sell so their arbitrage. No, no, no. The ones that they own. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If y'all ain't buying, I'll, I'll run the numbers to see what I can do. Sub two. Yeah, we get first dibs because they'll sell them to us first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I already started my, my real estate license training to get the... Going for your real estate license? I'm going for it, yeah. Mm, my mahogany was thinking about going back for hers, but yeah, it's a good thing to have, especially... For the referral fees. You can get referral fees without having a license, man. I get mm. referral fees. From real estate agents? Hmm? From real estate from, from real estate agents? Yeah. 
just send them a deal, but like just sign a contract with them and send them a deal. But like, hey, I got this deal and they'll send you a referral fee. Mm-hmm. Now to run comps, that's or you could pay someone's quarterly dues and get access to the MLS too, which yeah, I'm not saying I do that, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, but, but, but I, I want to get the license and and yeah, we, we need to expand our just and get into into buying property and have a lot of people interested in investing that I'm bringing yeah. from Argentina. So yeah, having a license that, that you. that's gonna help, man. That's gonna be fun. So did the Mavs give up too much for Kyrie? Uh, yeah, he ain't gonna stay. No, nah, he ain't staying here. Think so. No, and the tickets went so high for this year. For this year, yeah, but you only give up stuff like that if you're guaranteed a title. Mm. Like when the Lakers gave up all their young talent in the young, long run. Yeah, that was stupid. In the short run, well, you want a title doing it. You know what I mean? They want a title in a basketball gym with no fans, right? That's <laughs> still a title. I don't know. You know, it's kind of like like if you're gonna risk it all, it better work. <laughs> You know, it better work. Yeah. Nah, the Mavs. Sorry, Mavs. That was a. I, I mean, I'm going to a Mavs game because that's my favorite point guard. So I'm going to watch him. But uh, nah, I don't think it'll work. I don't think uh, I don't think Cuban's gonna get Luca a ring anytime soon. I think he's gonna dirk him. He's gonna dirk him. <laughs> yeah, Dirk should have had like two, three rings by now. I mean, when he was in the league, he should have had two or three. So, did you want to discuss uh, possibly going back to a, J- a day job? Oh yeah, man, I am going back March sixth. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm going back to a day job while Mahogany takes care of the day-to-day business operations, getting more units. She's getting more comfortable talking to sellers. Uh, we just had an appointment today, so that was good. A lot of good learning lessons in that. But no, man, I really realized. So my goal—if you don't see my goals behind me—my goal is to own doors. Like I need to actually own doors, and I want to own them. So I actually interest rates on DSCRs stupid right now like i'm I'm probably gonna have to flip this house that we're rehabbing so i'm like man it'd be easier just have a nine to five so my, my mentor he was like leave your nine to five after you've paid off the number of doors you need to pay off and make your monthly cash flow so once i'm making like twenty thousand a month cash flow everything the my, my bank's paid off then i'll probably consider leaving but that'll be 10 15 years down the line from now so, so, you, so you're doing it so you can start buying houses and showing that you have a job so you get a better, you can go through banks again. Yeah, that, and then just if I want to, if I see a deal that I don't really want to burr, if it's just the right number, I can just go ahead and attack it. And then also with kids, you know, we've had, you know, this whole time we've had our, our one-year-old at home with us the whole time. Like, so we're working, we got to kind of work around her schedule. Mm, yeah. yeah, bro. It was like, uh, and then, you know, Mahogany, you know, I don't know if you guys know, the fans know, but, you know, Mahogany's mom passed a couple months ago. So mm, that took its toll. That. Yeah, that took its toll on us. So it was just like, yeah, we got to try something different. And so the well, good thing about this last year is me and Mahogany both got on the real estate thing really, really hard together. So we've been doing a lot. So then she can take over. And this goes back into, and I'll touch on it here shortly, but basically we found our strengths in the business so we can, I can be away. And she can handle certain things. And if she needs me, she can come to me. But this goes back to what I was saying last week about taking that disc assessment. Uh, if you take that disc assessment through Tony Robbins, it'll help you at, out of who you are for your business. Are you a red, a blue, a green, or a yellow? That's really good stuff to know. 
Um, and then you know how to operate. So, mm. but yeah, I'm definitely going back for a while. So what? you didn't like when you, I guess, um, I was asking cause you, you're one of the ones that I, I've no done it, you know, actually you got, you got successful at your business. You started making good cash flow, and then you jump ship at your job. And you're mm-hmm. one of the one, you know, one, one of the few that I know that have done it. Fedded it too. That was different though. They had like runaway inflation in Argentina, so he was just wasting time at work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was getting paid like one five two dollars an hour after inflation, <laughs> and um, I, it was a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I was gonna say, so is there is there anything that you would do different when you jump out next time? What did you do? that you should have done differently when you jumped? I should have stayed and I should have let Mahogany jump. Okay. I should have stayed and let Mahogany jump. And then we're a world machine. Um, if I would have stayed, we could have had everything we had now. We'd probably be at a little bit more cushioned as far as cash. And then she could have been just ramping up like wholesale deals, getting where we needed to be so we can just burr, 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 burr. So that's what I would have done different. Um, when you do leave, oh, uh, leaving is goal dependent. I'll say that. The one thing about me and you, Steve, we both are, we're married, we have kids. So when you do leave, I'll say this, make sure, make sure you get your, your cash flow can cover everything for like months and months out. Right. So me, I'm leaving when my income, my, like my, my uh, income from my long-term side is 20K a month. So the short-term stuff's just gravy. The long-term stuff, that's just my check. That's my play money and whatever. So you got to have to kind of set your business, your life up for how you operate. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, you you do, like I was still getting a W-2 even though I was off my job. You know, I had my business paying me. You pay me in mahogany so we could show a W-2. But it's just about setting up your business. But what I would do different, I would have stayed and I would have told Mahogany to go. But, you know, in the circumstances that I left in, like I was in the hospital bed, I was sick. Uh, Mahogany was pregnant. She couldn't be there with me. You know, and I was just like, let me go ahead and leave. But if I should have reconsidered it because Mahogany wanted to leave and I always said I wanted her to go first. But the good thing out of it, I did get her off her job. She's off. So I, I can go back and I'll just do my thing. And then she's off, build up everything then start doing birds. But yeah, when are you thinking about leaving, Steve? Well, my goal is um, before I turn... How old am I now? <laughs> I, I, old I'm, 40... <laughs> I'm 30 years old. Uh... <laughs> You're 40, right? Uh, I'm 45, man. And so I, I, said, I said I would retire when I'm 45. So that gives me all the way up until September 28th, which is my birthday. Okay. So you know how... Uh, me and you and and you and your wife mirror mirror each other right yeah, yeah. we got married on the same day same birthdays all kinds of craziness man it's, it's, yeah. it's it um <laughs> do what i said yeah it was weird we had that dinner i was like what? And you were like yeah we got married in february i was like dang we did too okay well, yeah <laughs> so it's nuts um so that's what i have my i have to do it i, have to, I don't have to do it but i that's my goal is to retire by 45 and so that would give me all the way till September 28th. Right now it's uh, we're in February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So I have seven months. Okay. Uh, to jump ship, and what's I'm getting your... everything in place right now. Okay. So what's your goal to like make sure? What do you do? Oh, another thing. No debts. Zero debts. I'm gonna have zero debts before I leave, except Good. for you know mortgage debt. 
But I'm gonna, and I'm already working towards having zero debt, except for mortgages before I, before I jump ship. So that's a good goal. That shouldn't that shouldn't be too far away. Do you have? I an, just have one one car payment that's almost paid off. And yeah, a couple credit cards. Oh, I have something to tell you. Do you have an active income? That is what I was gonna tell you. If you leave your job, do you have an active income? Well, an from, income? well oh, an active. Well, I guess R just yeah. Is R just active? Well, I'm I'm yeah. Every day I'm working on it. What's your passive? The passive would be the long term rentals, I guess, because I don't mess with those too much. Does your passive cover all your expenses for three months in one month? I gotta sit. Oh, <laughs> for three. Oh wow, in one month it covers three months of expenses. Is that what you're saying? My passive? Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. I'll say, this, so my only suggestion would be work up building up your passive because if the active falls off, anything falls off with active, you're like, fuck, you got to go get more active income. But if you got passive covering you, you're good. So when active falls off, cool. We can, let's, let's work and get this built back up. That's how my mentor taught me. He goes, you can't leave. He goes, a lot of these young people, especially people my age, me, Fetty's age, you're a little younger than us. He goes, they make all this active income, leave their job, shit goes wrong with the active, you ain't got no passive to back you up. Mm. Saying his passive income, he left, he ain't got to work. He goes, my passive income covers me, but I have active income too. So if active income starts fucking up, uh, I can work. I have the time from my passive income to go ramp it back up. See what I'm saying? Yeah, the Airbnb bus put a lot of mofos back to work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because <laughs> it because de- it's active income. Man, the other day I re- I read that eighty two percent of the people that were part of the great what was it called resignation the great resignation was- are, are so that they, they are they are going back to to jobs or that they great application yeah <laughs> the great application <laughs> I was just bullshitting boss come on I was joking no, but. This is what's funny though. This is the funny part. I'm going back to the job I was already at. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of those people who are just like, oh, F it and just walk it off the show. Yeah. That like, was some silly shit. I was like, yeah. yeah. Getting the finger to the bosses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Came in, laid their dick on the table and told them what they were. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man. But honestly. The soccer, the soccer moms are reaching for the dial right now. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Nah, hey, no, hey. come on. They know. It's, you know on, on, on iTunes, we're, we're explicit. We, have oh, explicit. we are considered explicit. <laughs> Probably why we're not as great as the other people. But no, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Soccer. <laughs> no, but honestly, what, what, but that is what I would tell you to do is make sure you're, if you can do it, work to get a bunch of passive income. You know, get that passive income rolling in. So if anything goes wrong, hits the fan you got another stream of income. And I, th- that is one thing I learned this year after like my mentor started really breaking it down. He was like, dude, you got to have some passive income. Like these people, he goes, these older people you see off their jobs, he goes, they do active income. Like that's even with the coaching thing, right? Like if you coach, like these people turn into coaching coaches and gurus or whatever you guys want to call them. A lot of these people are coaching and dependent upon that income. So if, shit takes a turn, it starts dwindling. They like, they in panic mode. You know what I mean? So, but if it's passive, you have something passive covering you, you can turn that teaching into like 
a passion for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if it dwindles, it dwindles. Oh, well, I'm still good. So that's that's my thing. That, see, and that's why I'm going back to work. I want to build a bunch of passive income. Yeah. Especially those gurus that were charging like a thousand bucks a month for their knowledge, right? Who's hey. the first? They're going to jump ship right. All those people that aren't making money at the Airbnbs or whatever they're doing. They're, they're going to cut that expense first before anything else. Because if things go south with Airbnb and I could open an OnlyFans account, like who's going to pay for me? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that, that, that hit the table for me. Like, mm, we could do some OnlyFans shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, but I mean, you got to put your self-worth and dignity on the line. You got really, to start, start analyzing life. Like, uh, I got kids. I don't know. No, but yeah, girls would be like, what are we watching here? All he's doing is cold calls all day. This is, this is dumb. <laughs> When is he going to show his stuff? <laughs> you don't want to be like that kid. I think I'm in like Minnesota or somebody. Or his, he got teased and he told his teachers. that they, The kids were teasing him because his mom had an OnlyFans and they were watching it. <laughs> oh, man. That's how you got to have some self-worth and dignity, man. You know, I got kids, bro. Come on now. Little Timmy's out there getting teased on the playground. Now you now you only fanners out there making content. You can rent all our places all you want. Oh, yeah. Very comfortable. We got some some circle lights for you. Some <laughs> <laughs> nice 4K cameras can put be put in there for you. Hey. No cameras in Airbnbs. Oh yeah, be careful what you. You can bring your own camera. That's what I meant. You could, yeah, I yeah, you could bring yeah. your own no camera. camera. He's, he's joking. <laughs> no, next, but, uh, next thing we know is or, or I call this, this block. Uh, these I ain't gonna lie, man. I, you know I go to the gym a lot, right? So I post my stories. You know when I'm like in the sauna, I'll post a story. And like you can see, like, and but I always tag the gym that I'm at, and like you can see who's watching your story that's at the gym, and like I'll click on it and see, like, you'll click these people's pages, man. Half those people in the gym have an OnlyFans. I'm not even joking. I'm like, dang, this is what y'all do. But I start realizing I do come at, I go to the gym now at the time entrepreneurs are in there. You know, when I was at going mm. at eight o'clock, when I was going at like five, six in the morning, it was different. You go at like eight, nine o'clock, you know. Those people are walking that treadmill so they can hop on that pole tonight, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. Me and Mahogany noticed it. I'm like, yeah, it's your business. I seen somebody walking the treadmill with heels on. I was like, I don't want to know what you're doing. <laughs> this, but... Male or female? Male. <laughs> female. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, maybe you remember when COVID, when the, you couldn't buy a damn webcam anywhere. I, I just wanted a webcam to do podcasting, and they were sold out everywhere. Every chick started OnlyFans and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, um, if you invested in zoom during the COVID man, you got paid, <laughs> you got paid, but yeah. Man, yeah. Sorry guys. We took a we deep, went off on a tangent there. Yeah, we went we? off on a tangent, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like we were saying, no hidden costs because hidden costs will end up and may have to tackle a stripper. So no <laughs> I like the passive, the passive tip you gave me. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, know, yeah. Right. Right what? now my house is the, the the long-term ones, and if I if I you know tighten my belts a little on the budget, they could they could pay for my monthly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't pay for three months, like you said, to get it to where you can pay for three months at a time. Uh, it's not I'm not there yet, but now I'm thinking like, oh shit, maybe I need because I always consider my long-term rentals as my savings bonds, and then you know the short-term rentals as my you know high yield stocks. Check it out. How many long-term rentals you got? Uh, like me personally? Yeah, you personally. Okay, so I, uh, without partners, I, I have four, okay. you know, houses, and three of them are the long-term rentals. One we live in, the other three. Yeah, yeah. so three, you have three rentals, right? Three long-term rentals by yeah. myself. Yeah. Okay, 
You so basically you're leaving with the same amount that I, I'm gonna I had. So those three, how much is the what's the rent? What's the highest you could raise the rent to right now and get someone to move in? It's mm, a good question. I think I think there are two of them are at the high end already. One's a little at the lower end, but that's the ones that my very first uh, house that turned into a rental where I still have those same renters for like seven years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, as soon as they move out, I'm gonna have to put a lot. I'm gonna put a lot of work into it, right? Make it, bring it up to date, and everything, and, and repair shit. But I can get I can raise the rent on that one right now. It's it's right out fifteen fifty, but I could probably raise it to get it into the nineteen hundreds. But I'd have to put work into it. Okay, so this is what I would tell you. I'm just giving advice because this is one. The next time I leave mine, I need to have all my long term rentals need to bring me twenty k a month. But I'm not getting. I'm not focusing on cash flow. Like, oh, this is going to bring me three hundred as a long term rental. It's going to bring me three hundred. I'm going to get. I need, I think I need six more doors. Yeah, I need six more doors. Six more doors will put me at 20,000 a month cash flow with them all being paid off. So once I get the six more doors, I'm going to pay off all the, I'm going to pay off the 10 properties that I have. That'll bring me the 20,000 a month on a long-term lease. Mm -hmm. So then even if they are short-term rentals, no matter what, my business has to pay me. So I still get my 20K. If the bindle business is dwindling, we'll figure out a way to pick it up. So they're cash flowing. You want to make your business have to pay you. You know what I mean? Mm. So if they're paying you that long-term rent, you're going to run into 20, any $20,000 problems in a month? Probably not. You never know. <laughs> but hopefully not. Well, I mean, if you're a frugal person, I mean, you're not just blowing money off. You know what I mean? Mm. You, that, that's how my... And then with you having... $20,000 a month passive income coming in. Look at how much equity you have. You probably have well over a million dollars in equity. Mm -hmm. My mentor said this, you're going to run into any million dollar problems? Probably not. Hopefully not. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say to people. Um, especially, and, and I always want people to know the advice that me and Steve talk about, we're married with kids. So you do have to analyze your own lifestyle and understand where you are. And then you can kind of make a sound decision, know how much income you want. See, because some people might only want 10,000 a month. That might be five doors. Get five doors, pay them off. That's pretty easy. But you just have to have the goal and intent to do it. Cool. Cool, man. I want to be a millionaire. That's why I came to America. <laughs> buy property, man. Got a property. Now, what, what do you think about the, the current, uh, and that's something I've been talking with still a lot. There's a lot about uh, the housing market is going to crash and things talking about that. I don't think it's going to happen here in Texas. Even if it does, and this, and this is what I'm going to say, because me and Steve, honestly, me and Steve, shit, we met through bigger pockets. We were real estate guys before the short-term rental stuff. We just found short-term rentals and started doing it, right? So this is what I always say. The market's going to always change. It's just, are you? do you have a strategy that changes to fit the market? Honestly, what it is. I mean, if it's a time that you need to sub two, do you not know sub two? If it's time that you need to do a seller finance, do you not know do that? If it's a time that you can do burrs, do you not know do that? It's about having tools on your tool belt. That's all it's about. The marketing, the people who call, talk about the market crashing are either getting paid from it, Robert Kiyosaki, or people that don't know shit about real estate. Right. So that, that's really what it is because like when people, you oh, you can lose your down payment. Well, change your down payment. Everything in real estate is negotiable. 
And that, that's another question because I, I want to learn for myself, right? Do you need to buy courses to learn, sub to and all that? Or you, you can just do, read books? You can read books. Um, I did my first one by myself. It was a really good burr. It was a really good one. I loved it. And that's the, the burr that I love. But uh, if you want to learn burr, I would tell you to read the burr book. Um, and if that doesn't do you for you, you can join the mentorship that I'm in with Thatch Wynn. He teaches me everything about it. Or if you want to learn sub two, go pay some Orby. Mm -hmm. um, sub two, creator finance, I'll go pay some Orby. Like that's the burr shirt I'm wearing. It's through uh, Springboard that, 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 that you can go with them. Yeah, I'm following Pace uh, in yeah. YouTube. He's pretty cool. I love the way he he explained how to structure your your LLCs through um through a holding company. I actually had a call with the people that he uh recommend honestly for how y'all are i would tell fetty to go pace steve to go thatch because steve has a family uh, i don't know if pace does but the stuff that that teaches it it's for like people who have families and stuff and it's it's a lot of eye-opening good shit mm. yeah because like i know fetty you don't have kids right so yeah so like yeah pace is not in the plan uh, <laughs> not in the plan. Oh damn! No, no plans. Not in the pipeline. Oh, gotcha. I just want. I will say. I just want to have a huge ranch with a hundred dogs. Oh yeah, I forgot you like dogs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's it's um, you know, just learning the wealth side. Because I ain't gonna lie, a few years I got caught up on the arbitrage thing, and then I kind of had to sit back. I'm like, this ain't really what I've been working on. Just cash flow. I'm like, hell no, I want appreciation, cash flow, equity, all that. You know. So, and a lot of people. A lot of people are selling this whole millionaire thing and they ain't even millionaires, man. They make mm -hmm. dollars a year in Airbnb. They don't make you a damn millionaire. Can you sell your business for that much? You know what I'm saying? That's what I tell people. No, you... that, that's a great point. And we, we, when we got started with Steve, we always say our end goal is to buy property. And that's what we've been doing. So we've been achieving that. By three. We, we already that. got three properties. And I want, I want I got the connections to to bring people with cash to start buying property and we want to start doing you know creative ways of buying property that's part of what we've been doing already uh, as well with the, why don't y'all go multi-family it's two of y'all and that's what we want to do as well yeah and steve has a nine to five shit that's there you go i, I, I we qualify already for commercial for what for commercial property no, no, you, you don't yeah you can't use it but you can do you can do small multi-families one to four two to four units or you can go big multifamilies with it being two of y'all so like if y'all were just to start, because Steve needs passive income, wants passive income, right? You can look at multifamily plays, commercial multifamily, or like four units and up. Like I'm going to, my friend, see, and this is why I love being in different courses because you start meeting different people. I have a friend up in Seattle. He's, I think, like four years older than me, or two, two or three years older than me. He's fully retired. But what he did was he took all his money from his active income because he had a huge active income in Seattle and he just started buying multifamilies in the Midwest. So now he's off his job because that brings him so much cash flow on a long-term basis. He doesn't even short-term rent them. That brings him so much cash flow, he can just live comfortably. Yeah. Even for me and my wife, we, I mean, we don't own our property ourselves right, right now. Uh, and we still have the opportunity to buy our first property at 3% down. And I want to buy a multifamily. Yeah, I would get a four unit. Yeah, so I, I've been talking to, to her about that. Um, I ain't gonna lie, man. House hacking is the fastest way to do it, honestly. Yeah. That's like the fastest way to like have financial freedom is house hacking. 3% down. I ain't gonna lie. Me and Mahogany were looking at our backyard, dude. And like, 
damn, I wish I could <laughs> do back there, but I can't because I have an easement. But if you do buy a house, that might not even be a multifamily. But if it has a backyard and you can build an in-law suite or a dadu on the back of it, because in the future of the United States, that's what's going to be coming and taking over is dadus. Like you see these people talking about dadus. A lot of people don't know about it because Texas doesn't value, evaluate dadus yet. But what's a dadu, first of all? A detached, detached accessory dwelling unit. So basically like an in-law suite on the, in, the, in your backyard. Like let's say a tiny home in your backyard, that can be considered a dadu. So for the longest time, especially in the South, dadus weren't valued with the property. They still aren't in Texas, but Atlanta just started evaluating them with the property. So let's say your house is worth 250,000 and you build a dadu, like a 1200 square foot dadu in the back. And let's say that evaluates at 75,000. Look how much equity you just have. So like how people are getting rich and um, are getting like becoming multifamily, multi, well, really wealthy up in Seattle. You can build a dadu. You can have a, a 5,000 square foot lot. You build a multifamily, a four unit on it, right? Let's say that multifamily appraises comes in at 800,000, just throwing random numbers. You can build a dadu on the back, same size, another 800,000. You now have a $1.6 million lot. Wow. That's coming to Texas and everywhere else. So the next big wave of wealthy people ain't this short terminal Airbnb shit. It's people that have dadus in their backyard. Mm. Yeah. Not, not doo-doos. Not doo-doos. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a dadu or ADU, accessory doubling. ADU. ADU. Yeah. See, but, uh, what he loves most about the United States is our acronyms. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> in the same company, we had like the same acronym for two different things. So depending who are you talking about, you need to assume what did they mean. <laughs> I love America. This is the greatest country in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, but tech- that and the stupid measurement system. Dishwashers by bananas. Yeah, this, this table is three dishwashers long. Damn, I got to show notes, man. <laughs> today, 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 when I when I went to 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 to, to this mad exam, she was like, "Okay, how tall are you?" Oh, shit, let me convert this. One ninety eight. Oh, I'm six six. I'm very tall. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's your weight? It's like, oh. you're 12 and a half stones. <laughs> That's the English, the English. What the hell is oh, this? Do, do, do yeah. you guys talk in kilograms? Oh, yeah, like the rest of the world. <laughs> it's, true. it's only here, you know, it's only here that you talk about pounds, um, pints, and inches. <laughs> like, literally, the rest That's of true. the world talks in the same system, which is pretty simple because, like, 100 centimeters is a meter. Yeah. Easy. It's easy. I like easy. My kid, you know, they're teaching my 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 daughter in kindergarten. They're teaching her the, the centimeters yeah. and all. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of getting a reference. It's just that. It's, 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 like, it's like looking at the weather. You told me the the weather outside is fifty degrees. I have no idea if it's cold or warm. I I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, in Texas, that's cold. Yeah, but I have no idea. <laughs> Just remember yeah. the dadu, the dadu. <laughs> when I used to go up to uh, Canada and they would start changing shit to kilometers, I didn't know if I was speeding or what. Uh, like, <laughs> we had to like look at the dash, you know, it puts kilometers on there, but right. it's in big bold. We're going 110 miles well, now. I, I feel like I go very slow here because when I go to 60, <laughs> 60 is 100 for me. <laughs> oh, hold on. 60 miles per hour is 100 for you? 100 yeah, 100 kilometers. Yeah, I run 100. Is that, and that's, that's fast in Argentina? Well, that's that's sixty here. <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, you you think about the number and you, you oh, look okay. at the dash. Yeah. Like if we went to Argentina, we'd be like, we'd be like, oh shit, I'm doing 100 miles an hour, but you're you're going 60. It's, right. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. And even putting gas, the same thing because we we do liters and I got it's like three liters, so. Hmm. Mm. You know, so again, it's just getting adjusted. I'm I'm fine so far, but again, when we're talking about square feet and all of that, it's like I, I'm working on you know trying to adjust. To understand, you know, to visually get an idea on what we're talking about. Yeah. 200 square feet, all the square footage, yeah. It's pretty small, but yeah. I know what you and mean. A, and acres, because we have hectares, hectare, and like it's different. Hectares. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. That's cool. That's cool, man. Great but show, man. Yeah, yeah. happy you're making the adjustment. And yeah, this is a great show. Talked a lot. I hope, hope that ending was good, you know, that passive income, active income, because that's what a lot of people need to hear, you know, instead of just hearing people just, oh, you can quit your job by doing this. Yeah. You Ask yourself, do you want to make $1,000 on cash flow with Airbnb, which is not passive, as the gurus are saying, or do you want to build wealth? I think that's what you need to ask yourself. That's true. I think both of us, you know, or all three of us here on this show, we're, we're going in the right direction. And I say that because I know people outside, you know, my job or outside of my job, whatever, that just hop, they try the newest, hottest thing. They've been doing it forever. They try, you know, hop onto this, hop onto that, hop onto Airbnb, hop onto midterm rentals, hop on whatever. They try everything, but they don't stick to it, you know? And so once they quit that thing and they're on to a next thing, I'm already like two more, we got two more units. We got three more units. We got four more units. We got, we bought another house this year. We bought two more houses this year. We bought three more. It's like, we got momentum. Whereas if they keep hopping off, you know, everything they try every single, every couple months, they try something new and they hop off. They're not going to build any momentum. Yeah. So we're leaving, you know, we're all in a good position here. Just as long as you, as anybody listening to this show, even if you're not into real estate or short-term rentals, which I wouldn't know why you would listen to us if you're not into short-term rentals, stick to something, pick something and stick to it. You're going to get good at it. You have to fight through all the bullshit, but if you stick to it, you're going to be successful. You're going to be way ahead of everybody else that just starts, you know, day one. People don't want to pivot. They rather quit. And if, uh, and if you think about it, you know, if you look, you look back in the, in the last five years, you have like first people doing drop shipping on Amazon FBA, and then they moved to crypto and now they're moving to Airbnb. And probably they're going to move now to try to automate things with uh, ChatGPT. GPT. And after that, they're going to find a new, new thing. I already heard people talking about that. The ones that jump. <laughs> Someone I know that jumps to jumps to jumps, she brought up that mixing uh, drop shipping with Chat GPT. I was like, okay, that's, yeah, that's the new so thing. There, there's there's no get rich scheme like that. There's no get rich in one day thing. You need to put a lot of hard work, a lot of passion, and it's an everyday thing. I think that's the main thing. Uh you need to keep in mind. That's true, man. You ain't no get rich quick unless you got a kilo of that Colombo. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, honestly, man, there ain't no get rich quick scheme. You got to be able to put the time in, man. And like I said, most people quit because they don't want to pivot. So when that pivot comes, it's like, oh, I'm just going to quit and go to something else. But you're never going to be mastering anything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, y'all stick to See, it. Go ahead. In this country, I mean, that's one thing. We've always done drugs and, and uh, kilos stuff. So that, that makes you happy, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I can do a thing. Wait, I just got my green card. Don't get me into problems. <laughs> you, say kilo in the, you say kilo in the hood, man. Hey, it's going to be some ears. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I told Grams, 
Um, Graham's sake. Hey, that'll get some ears turning too. <laughs> Graham's a what? Twin, a twin, twin. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, but yeah, man, it, it it's a fun journey. You just got to stick it out. Um, it, yeah. like I said, in business, it's okay to pivot. Don't quit. It's okay to pivot because pivoting, that's a part of the business. If you don't know how to pivot, that's the problem. You know what I mean? Mm. You got to know how to pivot, be able to take advice, go ask questions and get to where you need to be. Cool, man. Great show. Where can people find us, Mike? You can find us at, you can send us an email, liveletthrive at gmail.com. You can make sure to hit the subscribe button below. Leave us a review. And remember, if y'all are trying to turn your business passive, get you a good uh, website, go to Boostly and make sure you go sign up for Hostfully, get $200 off the guidebooks. And you can get another, if you use discount code Thrive, get another discount for signing up for the PMP. And yeah, find us, liveathrive at gmail.com. Remember to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all that good stuff. Argus Rentals, argusrentals.com. Let Fetty and Steve manage your stuff. And if you have any broke down looking property, send them to share BNB. You can find us on Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.